Gavanin, and Soilite. To all my elf friends, I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. Welcome to What Would Arwen Do? On Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m., you are listening to KUCI in Irvine 88.9 FM, Orange County's alternative radio station, and quite possibly the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. I am Tawny Tenivio. I am the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. <clears throat> KUCI streams 24-7 through KUCI.org and iTunes. And you can contact me at askanelf at yahoo.com. I would really love to hear from you. You can also find podcasts of this show and all the public affairs programming at KUCITalk.org or on our homepage at KUCI.org under archives. So I want to greet all my friends. I'm very excited. We have, I think it's going to be a very interesting and stimulating show today. I have a guest coming about 4.30 for an interview an amazing young woman that I have recently met and had the pleasure to hang out with a bit. And she is just a whirlwind of passion and fun and information (laughs) and fun. And um, we're going to be talking today about a a subject that doesn't come up very often, at least not in my conversations, and that is creepers. In fact, I hadn't actually ever heard of that term until I met my friend Vivi. And in case you're wondering what that amazing music in the background is, that is the Academy Award-winning music of Howard Shore from the Academy Award-winning soundtrack of The Fellowship of the Ring, and that is the track The Council of Elrond. So today we have a very short intro because I'm going to share... A few things from the professor, in case you are tuning in for the first time. This is the show where we, I, celebrate all things Middle Earth, whether it's the books. The books are my probably my first love. Well, I really love the books, but I also really love the films, and I also really love the music. And I also really love all of the other things. I've been to to some conventions and some gatherings and some things called moots where um, people get together and do all kinds of geeky Lord of the Rings things and um, have a lot of fun doing that. So this has been about 10 years now of my little experiment of my life as an elf and through coming through the world to the middle world of Middle Earth through the movies, The Fellowship of the Ring in March of two thousand two. And so yep, I'm the elf and so I love all things elvish. But today, since we're gonna be talking about this thing called creepers, <clears throat> to me there's not too much in Middle Earth that's more creepy or more of a creeper than the Nazgul, the ring wraiths. So I'm going to read to you a little bit today in uh, setting up for our interview later on where you'll find more about that and how to protect yourself from creepers um, by reading first from, well, you know, let's back up a little bit. I was going to read first from the Lord of the Rings where Frodo uh, first encounters, well, he first learns about the the ring wraiths, a little more about them and how they've been hunting him. But I want to give you a little backstory. So one of my passions on this show is to hopefully inspire you, especially those of you who have loved the movies and are very much looking forward to the Hobbit movies, all three. First one coming out December, this coming December. Going to be quite amazing. And of course, the Howard Shore will be doing the music yet again. And But there's so much backstory and there's so much wonderful richness to this world that J.R.R. Tolkien created, an entire mythology, in fact, with like over 14 languages and peoples and geographies. And so 
a lot of the story of, well, obviously of the Lord of the Rings, but also of the Hobbit revolve around the Ring of Power. So many of you probably know, I hate to say it, this is a spoiler, but <laughs> Bilbo finding the ring, this magic ring that allowed him to become invisible, turns out that that was the one ring of power that eventually becomes the central motif and story of the Lord of the Rings. But way back when, thousands of years ago, uh, before all of that was happening, uh, Sauron, really bad guy, servant of Morgoth, um, hated the elves and, um, well, hated anybody that was free. Actually, his whole thing was dominion and subjecting other people to his will. And there were rings of power that were made a long, long time ago in Aregion. Now, in case you want to know this, and if you do enjoy the stories of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, you might want to read the Silmarillion, which is primarily the history of the elves and of the Silmarils. But at the back of the book, there's another little kind of essay story called Of the Rings of Power. And that gives the whole backstory about all these magic rings and the people that and peoples that they affected. So there were, uh, in fact, um, several magic rings that were made. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, just a little bit of it here. Uh, but it's called Of the Rings of Power and the Third Age. But the rings were made in Aregion. And it says, let's see, Aregion. Well, there was the three, okay. Da, da, da. Lush, there's so much more. There's so much. Um, it was in Aregion that the councils of councils of Sauron were most gladly received, for in that land the Noldor desired ever to increase the skill and subtlety of their works. Moreover, they were not at peace in their hearts since they had ref refused to return into the West, and they desired both to stay into middle, in Middle-earth, which they indeed loved, and yet to enjoy the bliss of those that had de departed." Therefore they hearkened to Sauron, because he was a Maiar, like a wizard, and they learned of him many things, for his knowledge was great. In those days the smiths of Ost in Edthil surpassed all that they had contrived, contrived before, and they thought, and they made rings of power. But Sauron guided their labors, and he was aware of all they did, for his desire was to set a bond upon the elves and to bring him under his vigilance." It says, now the elves made many rings, but Sauron secretly made one ring to rule all the others, and their power was bound up with it to be subject wholly to it and last only so long as it too should last. And it goes on to say how, you know, he poured a lot of his power into the rings because the power of the elven rings was very great and that the elves were... Um, not so lightly to be caught, so as soon as they found out that Sauron had this one ring, they hid all of their rings, and he was not able to get them. But he did gather up um, all of the other rings. So um, it says, but Sauron gathered into his hands all the remaining rings of power, and he dealt them out to the other peoples of Middle-earth hoping thus to bring under his sway all those that desired secret power beyond the measure of their kind. To the ring race in the Nazgul. It says, Men proved easier to ensnare. Those who used the nine rings became mighty in their day, kings, sorcerers, and warriors of old. They obtained glory and great wealth, yet it turned to their undoing. They had, as it seemed, unending life, yet life became unendurable to them. They could walk, if they would, unseen by all eyes in this world beneath the sun, and they could see things in worlds invisible to mortal men. But too often they beheld only the phantoms and delusions of Sauron. And one by one, sooner or later, according to their native strength and to the good or evil of their wills in the beginning, they fell under the thraldom of the ring that they bore and under, under the dominion of the one, which was Sauron's. And they became forever invisible, save to him that wore the ruling ring, and they entered into the realm of shadows. The Nazgul were they, the ringwraiths, the enemy's most terrible servants. Darkness went with them, and they cried with the voices of death. So, 
then we come to the Lord of the Rings. Well, of course, the ring goes, and you can see what happens with the ring in the prologue of the Fellowship of the Ring. And eventually comes to Frodo, and we find out about how evil they are. <laughs> and this is when they, uh, he and the other hobbits have left. They're um, on their way with the ring to get to Rivendell. And they've stopped and they've met, uh, on, on a shortcut to mushrooms, they've met with um, Farmer Maggot. And uh, he's telling them about a story about a strange thing that has happened at his farm. They waited anxiously for him to go on. Well, the farmer continued, approaching his point with slow relish. He came riding on a big black horse in that gate, which happened to be open and right up to my door. All black he was himself, too, and cloaked and hooded up as if he did not want to be known. Now what in the shire can he want, I thought to myself. We don't see many of the big folk over the border, and anyway I had never heard of any like this black fellow. Good day to you, I says, going out to him. This lane don't lead anywhere, and wherever you may be going, your quickest way back will be on the road. I didn't like the looks of him, and when Grip came out, he took one sniff and left out, let out a yelp as if he'd been stung. He put down his tail and bolted off howling. The black fellow sat quite still. I come from yonder, he said, slow and stiff-like, pointing back west. Over my fields, if you please. Have you seen Baggins? he asked in a queer voice and bent down towards me. Could not see any face, for his hood fell down so low, and I felt a sort of shiver down my back. But I did not see why he should come riding over my land so bold. Be off, I said. There are no Bagginses here. You're in the wrong part of the Shire. You had better go back to West Hobbiton. But you can go by the road this time. Baggins has left, he answered in a whisper. He is coming. He is not far away. I wish to find him. If he passes, will you tell me? I will come back with gold. No, you won't, I said. You'll come. You'll go back where you belong, double quick. I'll give you one minute before I call on my dogs. He gave a sort of hiss. It might have been laughing, and it might not. Then he spurred his great horse right at me, and I jumped out of the way just in time. I called the dogs, but he swung off and rode through the gate and up to the lane towards the causeway like a bolt of thunder. What do you think of that? Well, and that was indeed the ringwraith, the Nazgul that was looking for Frodo. I'm going to play a little excerpt from the professor here with his, um, so you can hear the professor himself with the inscription on the one ring. And here is Gandalf talking to Frodo. This is KUCI in Irvine. I cannot read the fiery letters, said Frodo in a quavering voice. No, said Gandalf, but I can. The letters are Elvish, an ancient mode, the language that of Morgor, which I will not utter here. This in the common tongue is what is said, close enough. One ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all, and the darkness bind them. There's only two lines of a verse long known in elven law. Three rings for the elven kings under the sky, seven for the dwarf lords in their halls of stone, nine for mortal men doomed to die, one for the dark lord on his dark throne in the land of Mordor where the shadows lie. One ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all and in the darkness bind them in the land of Mordor where the shadows lie. Academy Award-winning music of Howard Shore, 
from the Fellowship of the Ring, the complete recordings. And that last little bit you heard was the musical motif for the Nazgul. And um, one of the things I absolutely love about the music of Howard Shore for the Lord of the Rings movies were all the different themes and motifs he had for every one of the races. And, of course, at at 40 seconds into that, in case you may have just caught it, was a, the ring motif that you hear throughout the movie that changes a little bit depending on what's happening to the ring. Um, but the Nazgul, the, uh, the part that we just heard at the end there, um, is, is rather interesting. What Howard Shore says about it here is the ring race, Sauron's malicious ambassadors to Middle-earth, earn the most prominent and ritualistic of the Mordor themes. Philippa Boyens wrote the Black Speech text the revelation of the ring wraiths as an aggressive renouncement of the ghostly for the ghostly figures in black. Shore sets the text as a gathering storm of musical forces. Although it is sometimes presented in a purely instrumental guise, the theme is primarily choral, adding to its ceremonial flavor. The melody line is almost monorhythmic and without contour, creating its sense of deadly anticipation through ever-expanding instrumentation and harmony. And it certainly does. We can, you, um, you can probably notice very often through the movie when that particular thing comes up. This was actually from the prologue, which is interesting. Mm, I wonder if you know what part of the prologue that was, because some of it actually... Uh, uh, applies to a, a different scene, just not just the ring race. We see it later in the movie with the ring race. So, yep, I'm a little bit geeky. <laughs> so we talked, we heard a little bit earlier from uh, the professor himself, the, some of the background of some of the creepiest creepers in The Lord of the Rings, the uh, origins of the Nazgul, the ring race. I'm very excited, though, now in studio here, I have a very special guest, Vivi. Hi, Vivi. Hello. How are you? I'm wonderful. It's, I'm so excited that you are here. Ah, I am so excited, too. Well, a couple of things before we jump right in to our conversations. In case, uh, just, um, I want to give, a, could you just tell people, like, your blog address? and Sure. So, yeah, for people that want to, if even as we're talking, they may want to you Definitely. Know, check you out. So they can stalk us while, um, we, while right. we talk. Right. Yes. Right. Of course. <laughs> um, okay. So I have a website which has links to my Tumblr, my YouTube, and just a general contact. And that's vvtv.me. It's vivitv.me. I'm pretty sure you don't, input, don't even put the W's in. I'm pretty sure you just type that right in. Um, if you just want to go to my Tumblr, it's creepercollection.tumblr.com. There's no the, there's no spaces, there's no caps. It's just creepercollection.tumblr.com. Um, and then if you want to find me on YouTube, it's VV Admissions, just a V and a V, um, and then Admissions. Now, I was able to go to Creeper Collection Vlog, and that got vlog. me there just because yeah. vlog. Yeah, is, is that, is that Does that stand for video log? Yes, it's video that? blog, basically. Video blog, yes. yes. I forget it was something like that. Where we rant, <laughs> except without text, we do it with our actual faces. So, um, I'm. Ex- I, I, this is a very interesting uh Topic. I yeah. will have to say, for I would really encourage anyone to visit your blog. I was on there earlier and was reading um, about this. Well, that conversation that you had. Anyway, you just I, I could <laughs> easily get sidetracked into another conversation. Oh, we could have a whole another show just on it's that an endless so, topic. I know, yes. but it's 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 really interesting. So yeah. I hope people will check out your blog. It really gives you something to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives me something as a woman to think about because I enjoy feeling like, hey, there's a voice for us girls out there. Mm-hmm. And also, I feel like it's great for guys because a lot of times, whether it's being kind to people, whether it's being rude, whether it's being a creeper and mm-hmm. not creeper, I think a lot of times we're just not really aware mm-hmm. how the way we act toward other people may come off. Yes, it's... Uh, what I like to look at it is it's basically people that have not had enough experience to empathize with other people. I don't know what it's like to be um, 
I don't know. I, I don't know what it's like to be divorced. A, yeah, I don't know what it's like to be divorced. Right. So when someone who's divorced is talking about a situation, um, I'm not going to be able to understand them. Uh, when a man um, sexually uh, uh, requests a woman, um, they do not understand how a woman experiences that, and therefore they don't understand how to go about it without being threatening, without being offensive, without being all sorts of things. And I think it's the exact same thing for women as well. Women don't understand how the, the pressures that men are under. I've had that come up in my relationships a lot. Um, I, I, have, I, don't, I don't have that experience. Um, and so I think it's good for both to take a look at this blog and all the stories that are written. Um, if not to come to a sense of like equality and respect than to at least understand that you don't know what you're talking about, probably. <laughs> and, and most of the time, a lot of times, I think we just, we just simply don't. Yeah, we don't. Well, so you're a, a student here at UC Irvine. Yes. You're a journalism major. Yes, I'm a double major, but that is one of them, yes. Yeah, oh, and what's the other one? Religious studies. Oh, very good. Yeah, so this isn't relevant to that, but yeah. it could be. And... So it's called the Creeper Collection. Yes. What's the background of this? How did this? <laughs> what is a creeper? How did you get involved in this type of endeavor? Yeah, um, we could go way far back to when I first started writing journals when I was like 15 years old, and literally my first entry is just five pages about just long writing type. Yeah, of just journals. long yeah. writing with a hand in a book mm -hmm. about. I I literally like I do not understand why people consider me attractive. Like, that was the answer. It was just five pages of listing all the qualities about myself going, why is this pretty? Like, I don't understand. I think I look ugly. It was this horrible self-deprecating uh, kind of search I was going on as to why I was being considered attractive. Um, and because I got a lot of male attention as I started going through high school and then did community college when I was 15, so same time period. And it was completely confusing to me because literally, like, a year before, there was no attention at all, you know? Like, you're blossoming into the adult world, and now all of these things are changing. I was freaking out. Um, <laughs> you fast forward a couple of years, and my I've started college already, and my friend Jay, who's a fellow writer on the blog, she just starts college. And so we'd have to schedule these meetups every couple months, and every time we would schedule these meetings, we'd sit down, and then most of the time, we'd just start tossing uh, creeper stories to each other, stories about really negative male experiences. And we each had a bunch of them all the time about, like, uh, people who would follow us home, um, people who would, like, find us on Facebook and, like, say really, like, weirdly um, personal things. And, like, just, I was... Um, and you were, like, wondering, like, why why do they do that? Why do they think that's okay? Yeah, like, um, I... And then you're finding out that she was like, yeah, I was wondering, why do they think that's okay, too? And one of the bigger questions we were having is, why do we feel that we can only talk about this with each other? Mm. Why is it like, why can I go and tell people this? And I figured out why. When, um, when I was around 15 or 16, I actually wrote an essay and put it on this other blog that I had where I just dumped stuff. I, I, it's, I called it my vanity essay, because every time that I admitted to being attractive... Every time that I was like, yes, he hit on me because I'm pretty, I'm considered arrogant. But then when I didn't consider myself pretty, people were like, wow, you're such a jerk. Like, what, do you, what does that mean you feel about the rest of us? You know, like, uh, I couldn't win. Right. I, I couldn't. <laughs> like, it was either I'm unattractive and a jerk or I'm attractive and I'm another jerk. And so I was kind of like, you know what? I'm not going to take it as a compliment because it's not complimentary. And so I wrote this whole essay about it. And... Um, and so I was reminded about that when, when I was with her. And I'm like, the reason why we feel we can't discuss this is because people take it offensively. Like, we're just arrogant. And so we realized, you know what? This isn't just us. It's not like we're the two goddesses on the face of the planet and everybody worships us. This happens to a lot of women. Mm -hmm. And so we decided maybe we should post some. So I, I posted my first one. So which when did is, that start? Like, when did you oh, start actually kind of talking about it publicly? Publicly, I was being pursued by this man who works in the same shopping center I work in. And um, I was telling it to my dorm mates. It was last year around, I don't know, second quarter, like in the winter, I guess. And um, I was write and I was writing them in my journals, but I wasn't, you know, I was just pursued writing them for in me. the sense that he just would like show up at your work, or, or he would show what? up at my work. Literally, my first interaction with him was him shoving his hand through the box office window to shake my hand, just like <laughs> and like trying to grab my hand, and I was like, I'm, I need to go. I'm <laughs> not going to touch you. That's weird. Um, like that was my first experience, and then it came to he'd see me around, and he would just keep staring at me, and then finally it was, can I have your number? Do you want to go out sometime? And, and you were uh, telling him no. Well, that's the fun thing is that I didn't. Oh. Um, I wasn't dating anyone at the time. I mean, I was I was particularly interested in my now boyfriend, but um, 
I, what I did was I gave him a business card because mm-hmm. I, I had made this joke about like, you know what, I should just be able to hand this out and like weird people out. So I gave him this business card that says, you can't text me. Um, so you're going to have to call. And, um, and he looks at it and he tells me later that he thought that I, it was a caller card, like for a prostitute. Oh, and I was great. like, no, that definitely wasn't what I was going for, <laughs> but all right. And he was like, I thought you had given me a fake number. And I was like, you know, I could have given you a fake number. I was, I'd be okay with that, but I, I'm very interested into what you think. Because he never said that he wanted to go on a date. He, de- mm. he never said outright that he wanted to pursue me in that way. So I'm thinking, you know, I've made friends with a bunch of people in this right. center. I can give you my phone number. That's cool. Right. Like, totally. And then he tells me, three days later, he calls me, and then he tells me that he specifically used the three-day rule, if you know what that is, that three-day rule where you don't call a girl in the first three days you get her number so that, you know, it, the anticipation is high and you make it look like you're not that interested in them, even though you uh, are. People actually do this kind of That's thing. That's what like, I There's said. rules about that? There, I mean, that okay. was like what I heard when I was who makes school, these rules? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, th- granted. Okay. And, and so, I don't even know how old this dude is. And so, he calls me, right, three days later, tells me this. And I'm hearing this noise in the back. And I'm like, what are where, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm doing laundry and watching Family Guy. And I'm like, your first call to me <laughs> is going to be in a laundry room while you're washing your clothes and watching Family Guy. And he was like, yeah, what, what's, what's wrong with that? And I was like, well... You know, I could explain this now, or I could just, you know, stop this conversation. <laughs> so I, I ended it, and I was yeah. like, fine. But apparently he didn't take that as an ending to it, and then he asked me out right after that. Um, and so what I decided to do was I said, yes, let's go for coffee. Um, I wasn't going to consider it a date. What I basically ended up doing is sitting down and getting coffee with him, and then articulating to him why him choosing to pursue me was ridiculous. I basically just laid out all, out all the reasons, all of the mistakes that he made, um, the fact that he knew my age and still thought it was okay. The dude's 31, by the way. Oh. So he's at least 10 and years. And you are? I, at the time, I was 18. Oh, okay. I yeah. had literally turned 18. Yes. Now, okay, so let me just play the devil's advocate yes. a little bit. Do you think that maybe sometimes men don't know how to read signals and they may yeah. get it wrong. Like he may have thought, well, she did give me her car yes. and, and she hasn't like been mean to me. So, yes. you know, so well, that, maybe he didn't know. <laughs> well, that is the thing. I was pretty obnoxious with him. Uh, I mean, he certainly could have not read that signal. That's fine. Right. This goes back to this sort of empathy thing right. where but, like and, they, but these they are don't things understand. That it's, these are the things that are really just culturally mm-hmm. that we're all trying to figure out all the right. time. Right, right, know? right. Um, but a lot of times we don't talk about them. Exactly. And w- I talk about that in my one of my videos, too, about um, virginity, about this concept of, like, we're not supposed to talk about it because it's this one concept for women and one concept for men. And so you can't compromise because they're complete opposites. And so nobody talks about it. And it's like, well, that's kind of the most important thing. It causes a lot of problems if you don't deal with it. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, um, we he could totally not read my signals but when I'm telling him this stuff he's like oh I could see that I mean I kind of thought it for a bit but I figured you know like what did I have to lose and I'm like sure you don't have to lose anything in fact I'm hoping what you're gaining here is uh, the education about how to deal with a woman which is not to call her while you do your laundry and <laughs> not to say stupid things about the way she looks sometimes you know what I mean like no. he, he he's he's just oh man so, so, I, so I then, for days. <laughs> well, let's get back to how you got started though with yeah. this public. So this was kind of the first thing that you thought, you know, this maybe I should first, write about something. This was the first time someone actually came to me because I was telling this ridiculous mm-hmm. story, right? To this dude in my um, dorm hall and he goes, have you written this down? And I'm like, believe it or not, I have, I have a journal that I've been keeping for years. I do this all the time. And he's like, would you mind posting that on Facebook? Because I really want to read this because it sounds hilarious. And so I did. I posted it on Facebook, like not even a blog. I just posted it and I tagged a couple people that were involved and a couple people that were interested. And I got a lot of positive feedback of people just cracking the fart up and like then asking me questions about like, where did this guy come from? Like, do you get this a lot? How do you deal with this? And then other girls coming to be like, oh my gosh, something similar happened to me. This instance, this instance. And I'm like, can you write this down for me? And so it became this uh, collecting of other people's stories, and then I had finally decided I'm just going to dedicate a whole blog to this, and I'll just put other people's stories in there, including mine, and then see what sort of response we get. Um, and one of the fun things about starting this is, like, I had a girl write for me um, about what she considered to be a creeper, and a lot of guys r- responding to that and being like, that's not creepy. 
Oh, interesting. You know, like, yeah. I, I, I don't see it at all. And to be quite honest, I didn't see much of it either, but I figured if, if it's a, a subjective thing, if mm-hmm. it's creepy to her, it should be printed to, uh, to post, especially if you can get the sort of feedback and debate what right. it is. Um, and so it then became a lot more serious. We started just by, you know, making fun of all these ridiculous situations we came into, and then it started getting more serious as, like, actual questions started to arise about what defines a creeper, um... Speaking of which, yeah. So let's let's get into a little bit of that. In case you're just tuning in, this is KUCI in Irvine, eighty-eight point nine FM. I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. This is what would Arwen do? My guest is the very elvish Vivi, <laughs> and you can find her blog at creepercollection.tumblr.com. Mm-hmm. And just a reminder that the views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the elf host and her guest, and do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of KUCI, UCI, or the UC Board of Regents. So, the Creeper Collection yeah. was born when? And Lord, I think it was like uh, October, to November, December of last year. Okay. Uh, it's about a year old. You, about. you, uh, you remind me a lot of myself in the in a lot, well, in a lot of ways, but especially in the sense of you like to do experiments. I do. <laughs> I do. You know, it's like, well, what if I did this? What, you know, what yes. would, you know, like, it's, it's like the, search... just a whole thing about, well, maybe I should just go out with him and sit down and talk. To yes. Him. It's you my know. search for empathy. I want to know where these people are coming from so I can go into another situation and be like, okay, yeah, I see, I see where we're going with yeah. this. I, I have this, this same kind of a predisposition. I mean, that's how I ended up, you know, with my life as an elf. Right. I wonder if I lived like an elf, would my life be any different, any better, any worse? Would it even be any different at all? <laughs> and so I started learning things from the elves, and my gosh, my whole life got mm-hmm. transformed on mm-hmm. many levels. But I, a lot of times something will come up and I'll just say, oh, well, maybe I should do an experiment and try this, this, and see what kind of results come out of it. Mm-hmm. So you, um, did you start your Creeper Collection uh, blog, mm-hmm. mainly as just an experiment because you wanted to talk about things, or was it, did you have like a thing where you wanted to it to be helpful to people? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Um, I think it was a little bit of both. It was definitely an experiment with online journalism. That was a big issue, that was a big issue. It was a big theme in my last journalism class I had last year was like um, this movement from printed journalism to online journalism and like I never understood how to use a Tumblr like before this blog started like I didn't understand and I was confused like tumbling where? Like where are we going? What's going on? Um, and so What is that actually? What is that? How is Tumblr different than something like Blogspot or something? Or is it just a different name? I think it's like it has like this um they have like little modes that you can do, like reblogging and hearting. I, it's just like a different oh. trend of doing things, oh. I guess. Um, honestly, I don't really know. Um, but um, well, I'm yeah. the I'm the technology challenged elf, so okay. I'm. Uh, I feel like most elves would be technology. Yeah, I'm really good at walking under the stars and appreciating <laughs> trees and commuting with nature, but I get by. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm yeah. sure. So, um, but yeah, I, I, it was definitely it started out as an experiment with like online journalism specifically, okay. but then uh, it very quickly became like um, as soon as I got like negative responses, being like, oh, that's not creepy or whatever, it started to become let's educate people on uh, people's experiences because I. I feel uh, like a lot of my life has lacked empathy. Like, uh, um, until, like, my senior year of high school, I had no empathy complex at all. Like, if people were offended by something I said, I said, it's your choice to be offended. It has nothing to do with me. Oh, you, yeah. you can choose that if you want. You know, like, how yeah. retarded is that? Like, it just, it completely ruins your ability to connect with people because you don't learn to grow if you're not listening to other people's experiences because Lord knows you're going to have the same experience later. You're going to wish that you took the advice before, yeah. you know. So, so you, st- you start the blog mm-hmm. and you, um, so I think let's, let's back up a little bit and mm-hmm. just define, because to m- when we first started talking, I'm like, creeper, it's like, what's, what's a creeper? <laughs> what, is what is a creeper? Cause I, um, <laughs> it's a pair, it's a I kind don't of really shoes, know. Now, now, but now that after I talked to you and you defined it, I realized, oh, I've known some. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you I just have. didn't know what they were. Yeah. Um, you didn't have a not very often it. because I just, you know, I, you know, the, I just have a pretty much a, a lovely life, but very low profile, like <laughs> well, to be anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but not everybody likes to be anonymous, you yeah. know. So that's why I like radio. But 
Um, one of the things I would like to accomplish here today is mm-hmm. because we, here we are, we're on a, a college campus, yes. UC Irvine. Yes. Um, very very important. blessed to be here. It's a beautiful, wonderful campus. But things, I've heard that things happen here, especially <laughs> that happen to girls. No. And it's, you know, it is dark and they're... Um, First, if you could define mm-hmm. for us what a creeper is, oh boy, I, and then, <laughs> and just f- maybe to help girls who may not realize that some, you know, that something odd is mm-hmm. happening. Because sometimes I feel like here we are, we're in this be- the heart of uh, Irvine. It's a beautiful campus, but it's Southern California. I mean, we're yeah. fast paced, we're multitasked. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people come here from other places where life is slower, life is not quite so, and I wouldn't want anybody to be, in a sense, at a disadvantage. You know, when I was younger, unfortunately, a couple of things happened to me mm-hmm. because I was just naive. Yes. And I just thought, you know, oh, well, it's fine to just go into this situation. Yeah. You know, I mean, I did never, yeah. I never thought what could possibly happen. I just never even thought that. I just right. would go because right. I trusted everybody right. all the time. You weren't taught, you weren't culturally brought up with like how to be prepared for certain, certain right. things, especially of this right. sense. So I get, okay, let's So start. a creeper is. So a creeper is. We, what now, is we, this kind of a general, going to be a general definition or is this your personal? This person? is going to be the definition that we have so far defined throughout our blog. Okay. Um, I had been issues trying to explain it. Like I, I had, I kind of touched upon it, but uh, my friend found an article which has actually become quite controver- controversial on my blog called Schrodinger's Rapist, which is the um, psychology behind why women uh, respond to men the way they do in a lot of instances. And it's basically saying um, women are going to preemptively assume that most men in their presence are potential rapists. Is this based on? Isn't there? Wasn't there the Schrodinger's cats? Yeah, it's the same, and that's where cat where something gets uh, conditioned for something. Yeah, it's that yeah. same guy, but a yeah. whole different concept. Right. Yeah, and so he's basically uh, what. Wh- and uh, is this because it's happened to them before, or because they've heard? not even necessarily okay. just just from what they know? If they they can be assaulted. They, they assume the worst and prepare for the worst, basically. Um, we've had a lot of controversy, especially from guys being like, this is, uh, this is a beautiful case of misandry, of man-hating. And um, I, honestly, when I've read the entire article, I can totally see that. But one quote that my fellow writer, Jay, um, used was specifically saying, um, a creeper or um, someone that you would consider to be a threat, is somebody who tr- who thinks that their wants and their their beliefs and their uh, what they feel trumps you. If, if, um, if a man is talking to me and he's clearly getting the signal that I don't want to talk, that I am reading a book, I'm keeping my head down and my responses are one-word answers, it is obvious that I do not want to be uh, Engaging with him. Engaged, yeah. yes. Yeah. And when a man sees that and ignores that and continues to pursue you because what he wants is more important than what you want. If he is willing to do that in a non-sexual environment, he's totally willing to do it in a sexual environment. And so we, what we do basically is we flag anything as potential creeper or creeper status when someone is trumping your rights with theirs. Now, it seems though that this problem, this uh, seems to fall within the category in this case of like a man and woman because I have to tell you from the description that you just was that you just gave me I mm-hmm. was thinking of uh, some of my family members <laughs> in yeah. the sense that you know yeah. you know where I'm doing something and they feel like they can just interrupt me yes they can you know my brother used to tease me yes. mercilessly I didn't want to be yes. teased like by there's him. a superiority based on right and it's like it doesn't matter what you want or... it doesn't I'm bigger and meaner so I yes. can do what I want and, no, yeah, which definitely. I I you know I have a really big thing about bullying. I just mm-hmm. don't, you know, don't go there with me about bullying. And, um, but, you know, and so creepers are ki- a kind of bullying. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's basically they they feel that they are in control. Now, but don't creepers also kind of fall into the category of, like, stalkers, of people that are, like, watching <laughs> you from a distance? Or is that not a creeper? Um, that would be a creeper, but it's not like you could flag them as one. You know what I mean? Like, okay. you, if, if they're stalking you from afar at a distance, you don't know they're there. So I mean, yes, you, okay. you would probably so that's more like just a, creeper, a stalker. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd separate them just based on that, okay. like you knowing that they're there or they're okay. or not knowing that they're there. You know? <laughs> so um, part of it sounds like part of what you're wanting to accomplish is to help men to understand how they come across. Exactly. Sometimes, exactly. you know, I mean, because most guys would probably, or I would imagine most guys, I think, you know, they may not know how to read signals. They yes. may may think, oh well, you know. 
good example from the um, movie. Did you see the movie Sense and Sensibility? Um, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, not Pride and Prejudice, the, yes. the, the recent one, yes. where um, he asks for um, Lizzie's hand, the cousin does, and she turns him down, and he says, oh, I see you're just doing as most females do, playing hard to get. Yeah, and yeah. she's like, you know, I would not, yeah. you know, I am not the type that, of really? female. Yeah. Um, and really, he was just like clueless. Right. I mean, as, you know, she was like... No, no he was, he's definitely a social retard. Yeah. Yes. Well, and so I think, but I would imagine that most men, they don't want to be offending women because they're, they're, Their whole they're objective. Is to, is to yeah. engage and, and, yeah. and, you know, a lot of times it's something. not intentional. Right. Um, I actually have somebody who's thoroughly opposed to my blog. Like, he will not discuss it with me because it offends him so much. And he's a friend? And he's a friend. Yeah. Um, he literally just can't talk to me about it because he takes it offensively that I write about men in this way because he thinks I'm bashing men. Um, okay. And I keep trying to explain exactly what you're saying that it's, it's not even. Uh, we want to make fun of them. It's literally, do you see what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Let me list all the the problems with how you just went about this. Right. And um, I had someone complain uh, yesterday when I posted uh, something on Facebook about my creeper collection. He's like, you know what? I'd really like it if you posted a counterexample of someone actually like uh, approaching you in a nice way. And I'm like, I have two of those, and one of them is a lesbian. Go look it up. Like, I, I write about this. I'm trying yeah. to make it as even as possible. But it's really hard when you're a female and most of the attention you get is male. I would love to write about female right. creepers. I well, know they and exist. I think, and I think it's good, you know, because I think a lot of times people, especially, I, I mean, and I hope this doesn't sound weird, but that a lot of times people don't realize how hard it is for attractive young girls. Well, you know, (laughs) because, I mean, they think, oh, you know, I just wish I could be pretty like her. Oh, yeah, oh, uh, so she has this problem because people think she's so pretty. Well, you know what? what She does have a problem because people think she's pretty. You know, you have people... Following you home, yeah. approaching you, yeah. uh, you know, stopping by to, the set of the street and asking me to get in their car. Yeah. 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 And oh. <laughs> I wouldn't even, you could argue about what attractiveness is. And I posted about this too. Um, on, online, there's this big trend about women posting these pictures of panoramas of women of different shapes and sizes and colors and being like, beauty comes in all shapes and sizes. And I posted a counter one with a bunch of. And now make sure that you, we don't use any let, uh, words right. here yes. on the air. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I know that you know yeah. about this. Uh, but I posted another one, which was a bunch of men, uh, muscular, fat, skinny, long, short, hairy, whatever, um, and said the same thing. Beauty comes in all shapes and sizes. You better be willing to stand behind the male version of that if you're going to say that about women. And I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say all women are beautiful. I think some are attractive and some aren't. And same with men. I think some are attractive and some aren't. Mm-hmm. I would argue that most people are like that. Now, you do you think, though, that. that maybe that person was making that in a context, an artistic context, you I know, don't that all care. people are beautiful? <laughs> I really don't. That's okay, not fair. Gotcha. You, you cannot do that. For one gender and not the other, unless you're not a feminist. If you're not a feminist, that's cool. Well, but maybe she was just addressing it for women. Maybe she wasn't saying, but men are not. Well, that's that's true. She was not saying that. Yeah. But if you were to approach them and and give it to them out of that context and just say, like, oh, mm-hmm. so do you think that man's attractive? I guarantee you more than likely, if I just showed them a picture of, like, an average dude with, like, a little bit of tubs, like, he, she would definitely make fun of him. Quicker. Maybe. Maybe. Or she might say, she might have said... Well, all men are beautiful. Sure, but uh, I haven't met many. Yeah, <laughs> and see, I'm, I'm okay with you. I'm okay with you saying that if you're yeah. equal, that's cool. But yeah. a lot of people aren't. So, well, I guess from my perspective, I see um, because you know, women can be bullies. Women can be. I mean, believe me, I've been bullied by oh, people, women in parking lots a whole I lot. I don't. I I do not understand sometimes my <laughs> dear own gender how mean they can be over <laughs> no, parking I, places. I definitely know the horrors of yeah. our own gender. Yeah. Yes. Um, However, the, the, the challenge is that um, in, in the scheme of things, men and women, um, men can uh, force themselves on women in a way that women generally can't to men, you know. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yes. And so that's where I think, um, I mean, most men don't walk around uh, or if they encounter someone, if they're in a parking structure and someone's walking toward them, they're not thinking, I wonder if that woman's going to try to rape me. Right. You know? yes. Whereas with a woman, we don't necessarily just think that, but we, you know, I know for me, I feel uncomfortable if I'm in a secluded place right. and somebody I don't know right. is uh, approaching me. I get that little, uh, you right. know, why is this person approaching yeah. me? And, and, maybe not and, in a and if sense. something happened, yeah. 
who would know. You right, know? right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, who's so, around? Is right. there any way? And I doubt if men we normally ju- feel that way. Exactly. You know, we oh, this woman's going to this. grab me and pull my hair or something. Right. We just ad- started addressing this. So, I mean, we're just scraping the tip of the iceberg here. But we, de- we it's called male privilege. It's this idea that because we're in a male-dominated and white-dominated society, me- white men have uh, don't have the same fears and concerns as women do, as any someone of a minority race. Um, of any other gender other than male or female, um, they don't have to deal with those problems. Uh, men do not fear... Uh, when men... It was this poll that they did. Men um, on a dating website, their biggest fear was uh, meeting a woman in person that they thought was bad. Okay? <laughs> that, was, that was their biggest concern. With uh-huh. a woman meeting someone online or, or meeting someone in person from online, their biggest concern was whether they were going to get raped and killed. Uh-huh. Th- there's a huge difference in how people perceive... Yeah. Potential situations, right. um, and um, we've obviously gotten backlash from the male population in that regard too, which is fine. Uh, we need to tease it out. We need to express it more. So I can't even tell you how far that's going to go. But we just started talking about that—that that male privilege thing. So tell us again your website. We, we are almost out of time. Can you believe how We're, fast this really, time goes? That was impressive. <laughs> um, my website is creepercollection.tumblr.com. Um, and, um, I'd really like for people to write me stories that, like there's a little question bar at the top. They can totally send me their stories. Um, particularly I like a picture. You can give me a, a fake picture. You can give me a fake name. I don't really care. I just want something to. And I love your vlog things. The one that I wanted to play today before you came on, because I think it gives a really good background and kind of picture into what you're doing and mm-hmm. what your motivation is and how, you know, passionate you are and how wonderful you are mm-hmm. is your one called, um, it's the vlog to, no it takes one to no yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I love that. It has some great stories and it, it's, kind it's, of things in it. It's pretty funny because I think a, a lot of people, uh, they take this perspective again that like, because I'm saying I'm attractive, like I'm obviously this arrogant person. I'd, I'd like to, I like to take the time to be able to say I can be in the same boat too. Well, and I love this story where you actually had to kind of like stalk someone that you, yeah. that was missing or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At my high school, school yeah. where we had to like stalk her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was like... pretty bad. She was freaked out, but we're friends now. It's fine. But, yeah, but I mean, it was a friendly kind of talking, but it was the it's, same type. All so the same type of action. do maliciously. Right, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Vivi, thank you so much. Um, you are going to be taking the KUCI training, with yes. the, the DJ training. For those of you that are listening, KUCI opens their training to become a DJ or a talk show host uh, once a quarter. Uh, the next class starts tomorrow night, 7 p.m. You can email us at training at KUCI.org. It is open to students, staff, and faculty of UC Irvine. And so if you're interested, you might want to give us an email, give us a shout out at training at KUCI.org. So are you thinking about having a music show with you or a PA show? I'm more going for PA show. Yay. Okay, cool. Well, I will look forward to that. I actually am hoping that you can come back on maybe in a month or two because... Um, we both have been doing a little bit of an experiment <laughs> yeah, with online dating, which yes. we both didn't know each was doing. This, right. Yeah. Um, would, but would be very interesting, I think, for us to have a little conversation about that because Definitely. there's got to be other people out me, out there like I was that was like, no way ever, <laughs> and then trying it and then just trying to figure out the way to navigate the waters and the things that you learn about yourself, (laughs) about others, about, it's just been very very interesting. interesting. So, and me, and you know, it'd be interesting with the gap between our ages of our just experience. Yeah. Perspective um, changes a lot with things like that. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being on today. Is there anything that you'd like to say to just, you know, the students (laughs) or anybody that's listening Um, uh, as far as specifically to like I guess UCI or I guess anyone in college is basically learn to be prepared know how to set yourself up for success if you're going to be walking alone carry mace carry a knife carry certain things around look at shadows look at where your shadow is you if your shadow is directed in front of you you can see if anyone's coming behind you stuff like that just just look up ways and think of ways to be alert at all times yeah. Um, and thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate it. it You're welcome. Fun. Thank you for giving your time and your wonderful oh, energy to this and to helping people <laughs> because I think that's one of the things, you know. It, a lot of it is just about being aware. Don't be on your cell phone all the time where you're not aware. <laughs> you, you know, you really, you know, you're, but you're, <laughs> but you know, you're getting out of your car, you're getting in your car, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, a friend of mine a long, long, long time ago, but she was going out to a car after she got off work at a mall and someone jumped in right after her yep. and something very awful would have happened 
happened to her. She was very fortunate. I don't know how she did. I think it was because she said, well, she said she freaked out because she thought that her parents, that her children were not going to have a mother. And she just like went crazy and actually got out of her own car and got away. But um, she just wasn't, yeah, she just wasn't (laughs) paying attention. She just was going out to her car and getting in her car to go home. And so we have to be careful. Every, all of us. All of us, not even just women. I mean, I, I don't, I don't care if women are not as powerful as you uh, other men could attack you too and not I don't even care if it's sexual or not like right. you can be attacked yeah doesn't matter yeah, yeah. and one more time you're um creepercollection.tumblr.com now do you yes. have like an email or anything or just like um, people to go through your you blog? can message me on the blog you can message me from my website vivitv.me um yeah, I think that should be adequate enough, hopefully. Yeah. I don't know. I have to thank work you on that. so much for yeah, being here. Alin Salalumin Amentielvo, a star shines on the hour of our meeting. Oh, and I'm always <laughs> I'm always so thrilled to be in your presence, my friend. Oh. So that is gonna wrap it up today. Oh my gosh, for what would Arwen do? I will be back next week. Um, we've got lots of wonderful things coming up for the holidays, and of course it's we're getting into the holidays. We will be talking about uh, food. Uh, there was an interesting article that I found uh, last week about uh, cruelty-free foods. Uh, you know, if you're for a cruelty-free diet, and of course, you can look forward to me having a little segment on the Adopt a Turkey program instead of eating them. Why don't you adopt one and <laughs> and have awesome. some have some you know make a big butternut squash? You'll feel so much better later when you want to have room for dessert. So we'll be talking about that in the next Brilliant. few weeks. Um, I am Tani Tanuvial. This is KUCI eighty eight point nine FM in Irvine and streaming live on the internet. 24-7 at KUCI.org. Until next week, my friends, I will say Namaria and leave you with a little Hobbit music. Don't forget to uh, check out and continue to be excited about the Hobbit movies coming up. We'll have more Hobbit music next week. And until then, Lasto Bethnin KUCI. Listen to KUCI in Irvine.